creators. We're creators. We look at T.D. Jakes. You look at even um, Barack Obama. You don't want to know who gave birth to all that? The women in his life. The mothers in his life gave birth to that. Barack Obama's mother gave birth to that. Michelle Obama gave birth to that. So as women, we're mothers, we're aunts, we're sisters, we're friends, we're mentors, we're mothers. And so even though there are people that have the blessing of being able to birth a child out, some have the blessing of being able to birth them and raise them, and then others don't have that fortune. Some of them adopt them. And they love them and take care of them better than the ones that gave birth to them. And then others mother through other people's children. There's some of us that have the blessing of being spiritual mothers, and that is indeed a blessing. Hallelujah. It is a tremendous blessing. So we're all mothers. So never shun Mother's Day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, there's so much that we can learn from the women in the Bible about motherhood, the difficulties, the joys, the pains. There's so much that we can learn from there. There's things that we can learn from the people in our present day life, as well as there are things that we can teach to the next generation, the younger ones coming up under us about how to be a mother, nurturing, caring, how to be a wife supportive, and there's another S word, submissive, when necessary, hallelujah, hallelujah, when necessary, hallelujah, <laughs> amen. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and we've got some fun things that we're going to do in the middle of the message today. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and we're reading down to the 39th verse. Again, every time I'm before you, I'm in NIV translation, unless there is a specific reason, and I will state that it's the New King James Version, but we're always in the NIV. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In verse 38, it says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say amen always at that point. Nothing that you can go through can separate you from the love of God. Let's go to God in prayer. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that you're going to pour out today. We thank you, Lord God, that it's going to fall on good ground, God, and that it's going to bear fruit after its own kind. We thank you for your daughters, God, and your sons that are here today, and that we're going to hear from you. Holy Spirit, speak as you so choose. 
In Jesus' name, amen, always. And so our first point today, the first point that the Lord wants us to learn today is that their mothers throughout the Bible that set an example for us of some of the difficulties that people face today. The first one is the mother who child died. Hallelujah. Now, you may not think about that as a lesson that we all can learn, but how many know that sometimes life will creep up on you when you least expect it? Let's look at Eve. Eve was the first mother who lost a child at the hands of another child. Because if we turn over in Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to go all the way back to verse 1 to illustrate a point that God wants us to see. This is part 2, God's daughters. It says, Adam, well, we got some young people in here, but <laughs> we're going to skip that verse. Okay, so Adam and Eve, y'all know what happened. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on, favor on Abel and his offering. Because Abel gave him the first fruits. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So here we see that there's some sibling rivalry going on. And that Cain is jealous of Abel. And the Lord has shown favor to Abel because Abel is giving of his first fruits. And he's giving of his best to the Lord. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? In other words, why are you mad? Why are you jealous? Why are you depressed? Why are you sad? If you do what is right, you will, not be, you will not be accepted. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. In verse 8, it says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now, see here, the Lord gave Cain a chance. Did he not? He gave him a chance. He told him what he needed to do in order to find favor. But instead of Cain doing what he's supposed to do, Cain went and killed his brother out of jealousy and anger. Imagine what Eve felt like. Here she gave birth to Cain, and that's her son. She loves him. He's her firstborn son. And then she gives birth to Abel. Abel is her baby boy. At that time, he was the baby boy. He was the youngest. So here there's a mother that has two sons that she loves. And one of them kills the other. Eve had the joy of getting pregnant, not once but twice. She had the joy of carrying her sons until birth. 
not once, but twice. And then tragedy struck. So Eve had to deal with the pain of losing her baby boy at the hands of her other son. But watch the way the Lord intervened on her behalf. And the way I show this to you, it's going to be in a way that you probably never thought saw it before. But watch the compassion of God upon his daughter Eve. In verse 13 through 16, Genesis chapter 4, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Now let's go back for a second. In between there, Cain had lied to the Lord and said he didn't know where his brother was. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, is it my job to keep up with him? Of course it is. You're his older brother. So you pretended like he didn't know where it was. He pretended like he didn't do anything. Okay, so he lied to the Lord. So not only did he commit the sin and kill his brother, but then he turned around and lied about it. Amen. And so the Lord has given him a punishment. And now in verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. In other words, he knew he was going to be out of the physical presence of the Lord. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. Check this out. Watch the mercy of God upon Eve. His mercy was upon Eve, not Cain. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And I'll see, when that has been taught, when I was a kid, I thought God was just showing favor to Cain. I didn't understand. Go back and read the message. Go back and read the scripture. And through revelation, I began to understand God was not having mercy on Cain. Because, see, Cain's rightful due was to be killed for murdering his brother. But the mercy that God was showing was upon Eve because Eve just lost one of her boys. She did not need to lose her second child. And see, so many times women give up when they lose a child. They don't know that God's got a blessing for them and that their life doesn't stop with the loss of, of that one child. Because it lets us know in that same chapter, Genesis chapter 4, verse 25 through 26. Adam and his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. So after Abel came Seth. So life did not end with the loss of Abel. As hard as it was, it didn't end there. Hallelujah. And that's what God is saying to some of us. You know, life doesn't always end with your loss, whatever that loss may be. It may, not, it may not be the loss of a child. It could be any area of your life. You know, sometimes you lose things because people are jealous of you. Can we just be honest today? There are people out there that will come up against you strictly for no reason other than they're jealous. You've got something, and they don't want to do what it takes to get what you got. They just want to keep you from getting it, from having it. 
And that's their whole motive. That's Cain's whole motive. And guess what? God gave him a chance because God told him, if you want to be accepted, this is what you need to do. If you want the favor that is on Abel's life, this is what you need to do. If you want what God has given to her, to her, to her, to her if you want what God has given to us, this is what you got to do. But some people refuse to listen. They refuse to do what they need to do. Their objective is just to try to stop you. Amen? So that's what happened in the life of Eve. And what God said is, I'm not going to let her suffer like this. It's bad enough she had one loss. Her life is not going to end there. Her grief is not going to remain always. I'm going to bless her with another son. Hallelujah. Now we know one child cannot substitute for another child. But in some way, her mourning was turned into gladness. Hallelujah. And that's what God is saying to us today. Whatever your loss is as a result of the hands of murder in your life, somebody taking and lying on you and you losing a job or not getting that promotion, somebody lying on you and you actually getting fired from a job and you did legitimately didn't do anything. Now, I don't mean you've been playing around, not, you know, not doing what you're supposed to. I mean, you legitimately didn't do anything. And so you suffer a loss. Something that you toil for and you strive for, you've gone to college for, and you work for, and they take it from you unlawfully. God says the pain is not going to last always. Yeah, that hurt. You didn't deserve it. But I've got another blessing for you. I've got a Seth for you. Let's look at the mother who had to give up her son. Hallelujah. Because just as there's mothers whose children have been killed or died because of sickness, disease, died in the womb, outside of the womb, there's mothers that need to know not to give up because God will have mercy upon them and bless them with another. There's mothers that had to make the decision to give up their son, their child. Last night, we were at a fundraiser for Awakenings House, which is one of the sober homes that we partner with. And a lady stood up and gave her personal testimony. She had been in and out of jail, strung out on drugs, and the last time she went in, found out that she was 24 weeks pregnant. She was so strung out, she didn't even know she was pregnant. She made the decision to give that baby up to a family that could provide for it. And that was one of the hardest things she had to do. But she shared that it was open adoption, and she got to go visit the child at one years old. And that was one of the best feelings, to know that that child had a safe, loving home and still knew who she was. And she said, I knew my baby knew that I was her mother because she kept touching my face and staring in my eyes. And small babies don't do that with strangers. We all know that. They'll scream if you put them in the hands of somebody they don't know. So, biblically, there's a mother who had to give up her son. Moses' mother had to give up her son. And see, some of us as women, we've had to, for circumstances of life, give up a child for adoption because we just simply were not able to take care of them. 
So if we look in Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the entire passage, but on your own, I want you to read Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But I'm just going to give you the backstory. At that time, uh, Moses' mother, she already had um, she already had Miriam, who we knew was a prophetess, and she had Aaron, who was a priest, who became a priest. And so she gave birth to Moses. And at that time, Pharaoh, you know, every time a Pharaoh came in, they would do something crazy, like change the rules and things like that. Pharaoh came along and said, listen, you all are going to outnumber us. And so we're going to kill off all. We, he told the handmaidens, the midwives, handmaidens, midwives. He told all the midwives to kill the sons that were born during his reign. And so the midwives feared the Lord. This is the backstory behind this. The midwives feared the Lord, so they would not do it. So they hid Moses for a while until he got three months old. And at three months old, you know, you can't keep a three-month-old quiet. <laughs> it's impossible. So his mother had to make the decision. Either I let them come kill my child or I give my child away. And see, there are mothers today that have to make the decision. Either I raise this child in this abusive home, and he or she may end up growing up doing the same thing, or worse, being molested and abused and killed, or I give my child away. And just like the young lady last night at the fundraiser, she knew, even though she was strung out on drugs, 24 weeks pregnant when she found out, she couldn't provide for that child. It wasn't a safe environment. So she had two choices. And she did what any good mother would do. Just like Moses' mother did. What any good mother would do. She made the decision in faith with God to put her child in the hands of somebody that could help him. So in this case, um, if you, when you review Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, you'll see that Moses' mother stood there, put her baby in a basket, and allowed him to float down. And guess who ended up catching him? Pharaoh's daughter. And we know the rest of the story, how Moses was raised up. And eventually he was used by God to deliver his people from Pharaoh's hand. Hallelujah. And so many mothers today, they have to deal with the pain of letting go. And now you may not have dealt with having to give a child up for adoption, but your day of pain and letting go is coming when that child goes off to college. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Hallelujah. When that child gets married... <laughs> You say, you ready? <laughs> when that child gets married and starts their own life, some women have had the pain of letting go of the concept of ever having kids, ever adopting children. There are women that have tried and tried and tried and tried. There are women that just don't care and don't want to. <laughs> but there are women that have actually tried and tried and tried. And then they've gotten to the point where they say, you know what? Maybe that's going to happen. And they've had to let go of that dream. Other women have been there before. Think about it. 
We're all God's daughters. So right now, I told you we're going to do something a little different. Right now, what we're going to do is a prayer for the mother whose child died inside or outside of the womb. We're going to do a prayer for the mother that had to give up a child to adoption because that was the best option for them. A prayer for a mother whose child died because of a sickness or disease. Do you know there are kids that have cancer? Anybody ever heard of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital? Ever seen a small child, three or four-year-old, have to have surgery after surgery after surgery? And then they still die? So let's say a quick prayer for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for your hand of mercy and grace. We pray a special prayer over every mother that has lost a child, whether the child died in the womb or out, whether it was as a result of sickness and disease or whatever the circumstances may be. We ask you, Lord God, to bring hope, healing, and freedom to them as only you can, God. You're the only one that will give them the peace which surpasses all understanding to help them to understand that you're not finished with them yet. You're not finished with them yet and that it doesn't have to stop there. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing healing to them in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord God, to touch the mother that has had to give her child up for adoption or lost her child to the foster care system, had her rights terminated against her will, lost a paternity case, or even had a spouse or significant other take the child and run off with them. The pain, the longing that's associated with that, God. You're the only one that can heal a wound that deep and give peace which surpasses all understanding. God, there's some things that are broken that only you can fix. There's times when the court system has failed mothers and women because of their race, their economic status, their past history with drugs and abuse, and alcoholism, and because of just who they are, the system is broken, but you're not God. So we ask you, Lord God, to bring healing to those mothers, wherever they are. If they're in our life in any way, use us as you will, God, to help bring hope, healing, and freedom to them. In Jesus' name, amen always. Amen always. We have some cards over here. And if you are a mother that fits that category, you're welcome to come get a card. And you don't have to say out loud which category you fall into, whether you're a mother that has lost one or a mother that had to give one up. You're welcome to get one of these cards. These cards are available to you so that you can write a letter to that child and express to that child how much you love that child. 
And these cards are available to you, and you will not be judged. You can get up on your own at any time and pick them up. You don't have to get up now. Just set your time. And even if you wanted to grab it on the way out, just grab a card and write that letter to that child. It will bring hope, healing, and freedom to you. Amen? Amen. So let's go to another woman in the Bible. Our second point that God wants us to understand is that we have to forgive as well as repent to our mothers. We have to forgive. Do you know every mother has made some mistake, one mistake or another? Every mother. There's no mother that's perfect. None of us are perfect as mothers. None of us. We've all made mistakes. And so our mothers have made mistakes. And we've had to forgive them for it. We have to forgive them for it. Let's look at Rebecca. Remember Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau? Anybody know what her mistake was? What was her mistake? Favoritism. That was her mistake. That was her mistake. Anybody remember as a child having siblings and feeling like they got more attention than you did? Oh, you like them more than me. You always giving them this. And what'd your mother say? No, I don't. Was it true? Yes. Favoritism. Rebecca showed favoritism. And see, when we typically in the church, when we talk about Jacob and Esau, a lot of attention is put on Jacob. We forget about Esau. How do you think Esau felt? From birth, Rebecca favored Jacob. Now let's look at the scripture so that we can understand where all of that came from. Turn over to Genesis 25. This is where it came from. Or rather, this is what Rebecca used Genesis 25, verse 23, it says, Two says, the Lord said to her, this is when Rebecca was pregnant with Jacob and Esau. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples will be separated from your body. And each people shall struggle to be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. Did y'all get that? Two nations. So she was having twins. Jacob and Esau were twins. She was having twins. And when the Lord said to her, two nations, because the two of them were going to grow and become two large nations that conflicted with each other and were fighting each other. And they were trying to take power over each other. That's what was to come. And what the Lord was saying to her prophetically while she was pregnant was that Jacob was going to end up being stronger than Esau. That's all the Lord was saying. And I don't want to say all as in small, but that's what the Lord was saying to her. He never told her to show favor to one over the other because that's not what a mother is supposed to do. He never said treat Esau differently. That's not what a mother is supposed to do. But what did Rebecca do? See, sometimes God tells us something and we take it twisted and run with it. 
instead of Rebecca using that as an opportunity to raise them up and to teach them, hey, y'all don't have to fight against each other. You both are going to be great nations. And trying to teach them as children to work together peacefully. Instead, she took a side. Anybody remember getting into a fight when you were a kid with, with, with your sibling? And mom, dad took a side? Anybody kids now accuse you of taking sides when they get into fights? Oh, you just on her side. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You took a side. Rebecca took sides against Esau. He took, she took sides. It says in verse 6 through 17, it goes on. And uh, Genesis 25, 6 through 17. But the point of what we're going through is that Rebecca is the one that instructed Jacob to dress up like Esau. This is when their father was dying. And before he died, during that time, it was custom that they would give out blessings upon the children. And when the father spoke a blessing over the child, that's what stood and so there was a specific blessing that was assigned to the firstborn. Esau was birthed first through the canal. And so there was a specific blessing that by tradition and custom that belonged on the firstborn. The secondborn got a blessing, but it wasn't the same. But Rebecca instructed Jacob to dress up like Esau. And pretend to be him in order to receive the blessing. So Jacob did. When Esau heard that the blessing had been given to Jacob instead of him, he cried out. Can you imagine? Father's about to die. He's a billionaire. He's leaving his kids an inheritance. There's an especial allotted amount for the firstborn, because typically the firstborn should be responsible for the other children in the family. Although each child will receive something, the firstborn is supposed to get the most because it's supposed to go down. That's how it's supposed to go. And then you find out you're out in the field one day, you come back, hey, what's been going around the house? Oh, well, your dad died already. And um, guess what? Your brother that got all your stuff. How many people would just walk around calmly? How many people would love to get their hands on Jacob if they were Esau? Because I find Jacob, he is on. It's a problem. That's not going to be left to his kids because he will not be. Okay, I'm sorry. It's different. Okay, but anyways. So Esau cried, but guess why he was so upset? Because Jacob didn't do it on his own. See, it's one thing for your sibling to betray you. But your mama betrayed you? Your mom did it? That's a problem. Rebecca favored Jacob and enabled him to receive the blessing. Some of us have to forgive we have to forgive mothers for the things that they have done. Now, you say, well, we're full-grown people now. But guess what? You know, in the midnight, some things come back to your head from childhood. 
You remember when mama did such and such? For no reason. Some of us have things that we need to forgive our mothers for. Mothers aren't always there throughout our life when we need them to protect us and nurture us and care for us because they've got their own life to live. They've got their own situations. They're too busy trying to put a roof over our head. So they're dealing with their own stuff. They're not always there to come to the soccer game. They're not always there to do for us like they should. It's not because they don't always want to. They just may not be able to. But in this case, Rebecca made a choice. So this next prayer is so that we can forgive our mothers. And now watch this. You know what the Lord showed me last week, when I, week before last, when I did God's Daughters Part 1? I was traveling home. And this is how the Lord deals with me. I don't know how the Lord deals with anybody else. This is how he deals with me. I was traveling home. And the Lord began to speak to me about the message from last week that I did last week. It was Sunday. It was the same day. Yeah, it was the same day. And um, I had gone to pick up something, and I went on my way back home, that's when the Lord started speaking to me. And he said, you know, you got to repent, too. You were speaking about forgiving, you know, your parents, your fathers. You got to repent, too, for some of the stuff that you did to them. That's what the Lord told me. Some of us coming up, we did a few things that we need to repent for. A few things that we need to repent for that have broken our parents' hearts. And so this next prayer, this message is about hope, healing, and freedom. This next prayer is for us to forgive our mothers and repent to our mothers for the things that we have done. And you say, well, that was years ago. No big deal. It's a big deal. If it were not a big deal, the Lord wouldn't have been speaking to me about it. And so he downloaded that into me so that I can download it into you. Because there's some things that we have done that just like we may remember what our fathers and our mothers may have done that they shouldn't have done. How do we know they don't remember what we did and the hurt we caused them? Anybody made your parents come pick you up from jail? Anybody stole anything from your parents? Anybody snuck out the window? Doing stuff you know you ain't had no business doing. They didn't raise you to do. Matter of fact, told you the opposite to do. Anybody made your parents come visit you in a rehab? Because you were drinking all kind of stuff. All day and all night. Smoking all kind of weeds. And you know why I said all kinds of weeds? Because every weed is not weed. Some weed is laced with other things, but that's a different message. We've got some things that we need to repent and ask God to forgive us, as well as ask our mothers to forgive us for doing. So this next prayer, we're going to say a prayer for forgiveness of our mothers and in repentance. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord God, to forgive us and to forgive our mothers. Forgive us, Lord God, for where we have sinned against them. Your word tells us to honor our mother and our father. And there have been areas in our life where we did not honor them. We did not. We did things that hurt them, whether we realized it at the time or not. And Lord God, we thank you for revealing to us that these are areas where we need to repent for, God. 
Each person's scenario may be different. Some have disappointed their mothers. Some have deliberately hurt their mothers. Some have done it unknowingly. Some have dishonored them. Forgive us, God. We repent and we ask for forgiveness. As well, God, there's some of us that need to forgive our mothers because they show favoritism against us. Because they were too strict or too harsh on us, God. Because they neglected us and were not there when they should have been, God. So we forgive and we release them, God. Some of us, God, don't have the relationship that we should have with them, God. We forgive and we release that, God. Some of us have to forgive, Lord God, for multiple reasons. Lord God, some of your people miss their relationship with their mother because they're not here. And so, God, there is a sense of loneliness, Lord God, for not having that relationship, God. We release all of that to you, Lord God, and we ask you, Lord God, to fix it as only you can. You're the only one that can heal this wound. You're the only one that can bring restoration in places where they're needed. And so we thank you and we release it to you. Now from this second forward, it's no longer our burden. We're no longer under condemnation for the mistakes and the sins that we committed. And we thank you, Lord God, for reversing any curse that we may have been in line to receive or may have already received as a result of dishonoring them. We ask you, God, to have mercy on us. Have mercy upon us, God. According to your loving kindness and your tender mercies, blot out our transgressions. Remember those sins no more. Anytime we've dishonored, remember it no more. We repent and we cover it under the blood of Jesus. We say that that is under the blood of Jesus and we are to be forgiven for it. We ought to be forgiven for it. We thank you, Lord God, for wiping out the stain of sickness and disease that came in as a result of it or any other malady that came in as a result of it. We thank you for total restoration and healing in Jesus' name. Amen, always. Remember these cards over here I told you about. These cards are here. Now, even if you fit the first scenario, but you also fit the second scenario, I want you to take a different card, a different color. That's why we've got multiple colors. So the first card was for the mother that needs to write a letter to that child that has been lost. That's one card. And then the second card is for the one that needs to write a letter to a mother in repentance or forgiveness. Before you leave, make sure you take these cards. Make sure you take these cards. Amen. Another thing that God wants to learn, us to learn, and I know we're pressed for time. I know we're pressed for time, so we're going to uh, wrap it up here. But the final thing that God wants to say to us is that he has motherly characteristics. Did you all know that? God has motherly characteristics. Now, we say God the Father, of course. We say God the Father, Father God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I say characteristics that are attributed to mothers. Did you know that God was nurturing? Nurturing is something that's attributed to mothers. 
when you think of someone who's nurturing and that is very caring for you, that has a longing for a relationship with you, you think about your mother. When you think of someone who's stern and a disciplinarian, you think about your father. But God has both. It tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God's attributes are associated, he has associate, uh, attributes that are associated more closely with mothers. Amen. I'm going to give you just two scriptures because we're of our time. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her broad up under her wings and you were not willing. So in this case, this is Jesus speaking here. He uses a mother hen to express his relationship that he wants to have with Israel. So just like a mother wants and longs to be with her children, or in this case, a hen will want to be with her children. She would gather her eggs together. She would gather her children together. The same way Jesus wants this relationship, in this case, with the children of Israel, and today with each and every one of us. He longs for us. So it's important to understand that God cares for us just like we care for our own children. That's how God cares for us. God cares for us like an eagle hovering over her young. It tells us in Deuteronomy 32, 11. And then finally, God is concerned for his people like a midwife cares for the child she's delivered. And that's in Psalm 22, 9 through 10. So our final prayer today is for us to have a closer relationship with our children and with our mothers, if they're still on this side. And our mothers can be a natural mother, a spiritual mother. They could be mother figures in our life, people that we look up to, mentors, aunts, sisters, different people in our life. God gives us mother figures sometimes that are there to take the place and to just speak into our lives. So we're going to pray a prayer for a closer relationship with our mother, our mother figures, our children, and we're going to pray a prayer of protection over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you giving you thanks and praise. We give the honor and glory that is due your holy name. We bow before you and we seek your face. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to have mothers. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to have mother figures, spiritual mothers, mentors, friends, sisters, aunts. We pray, Lord God, for a closer relationship with them. We ask you, Lord God, that you will make the relationships be everything that you have ordained them to be. We pray, Lord God, for a closer relationship with our children. 
just as you long for a closer relationship with us. We pray, Lord God, that hearts will be mended in Jesus' name. We also pray for protection for all of our mothers. We ask you, Lord God, to comfort and keep them in good health. Keep them in good spirits, God, in their right mind. We come against Alzheimer's. We come against sickness and disease. We thank you, Lord God, for blotting out our transgressions. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us peace. In Jesus' name, amen, always. I hope you got some from this. We have one final card for the mothers in your life.